Letters from a Glass House is a not-for-profit ministry of the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Venice, Florida. Support us today at UUCOV.org. My friend David is an eco-activist. He lives in the Pacific Northwest. He is a brave and totally incomprehensible man who loathes pizza, hates ice cream, knits his own underwear, and believes that the good Lord intended for him to spend his time hiking in the Selkirk Mountains and living off the land. Now, for those of you who don't know that area, where David spends his days in a two-room cabin eating yeast and tree fungus. (laughs) Let me explain that while it's officially named the Selkirk Mountains, what it is known as is something different, and what it is known as is something called a grizzly bear recovery zone. (laughs) And that means that approximately 40 grizzly bears are close enough to him at all times to stop in for a visit and a game of cards. Now, it may surprise you to know I have never gone to visit David. (laughs) But I asked him once, in the spirit of friendly inquiry and for his sanity hearing, why and how can you live so close to so many bears? I don't feed them, he said. That's the thing. If you leave out even a little food, some apple peels or the scraps of dinner, they'll come back every day for more and you will never get rid of them. If you don't feed them, they leave you alone. Now, the Chinese villagers in that original dragon story, the Nyan story, they did not get this memo. (laughs) I wish we could have done Chinese New Year, actually celebrated it, but I wanted to talk about it because the underlying story is just wonderful. There are a lot of versions of that story. And the simple, gentle version is what I gave this morning when there may have been children watching at home. The story that most adults know is more like this. Every year in that village, the new year was a time of absolute terror because this dragon would come prowling. He would eat anything that was outside, so people had started wrapping up bundles of food and putting it outside their door, so hoping that he would eat that and leave the rest of their crops alone. After they put their bundles out, they would board themselves in, and anyone who didn't make it into the house would be left out to be eaten. Once the boards were up, that was it. And after a while that they figured out that he would keep eating until he ate all the bundles, and then he would look for more because he had a favorite food. The dragon liked to eat children. And if he ate just a few of them, he would stop eating and wander off to go to sleep. So some families, families who had, say, their oldest son safely inside, they would find late errands for the younger children to do outside in the fields or in the stream near the mountain. And while the children were out, those parents might accidentally, of course, 
board up their door and all their windows. And the well-fed Nyan would leave a little sooner. It was Hong Young Lao Tzu, who some say was a monk and others say was a god, who arrived and asked why the villagers hid inside and fed this monster. And when they told him, he was horrified. And he said, let me go and talk to this dragon. And he found the dragon and he said, I have come to reason with you. You can guess how well that went over. He said, I want you to stop eating and terrorizing the people of China. And the Nyan said, you were delivered to me, old man, and now I'm going to eat you. And the man replied, oh, what will that prove? Eating me isn't great. Would you dare to eat all the poisonous snakes in the mountain? The dragon said, ha, of course I would, and went off and he ate all the poisonous snakes. How's this? Am I not great? Eh, said Lao Tzu. At the back of the mountain, there are many great beasts. Can you subdue them? And the Nyan went out and ate and scared all the dangerous beasts out of the back of the mountain, came back, and he said, okay, old man, now it's time for me to eat you. Well, okay, said Lao Tzu, just, just wait a minute for me to take my clothes off. I'll taste much better. So the old man took off all his clothes to reveal his bright red underwear. <laughs> this is a real story. And he said, okay, eat me now. And the Nyan screamed, ah, red underwear, I hate red, get it out of my sight. And Lao Tzu said, I knew you were afraid of red. And he jumped on top of him and he rode him into town and said, here you go, villagers, don't be afraid. He's afraid of red. From now on, put red on every door to keep him from creating havoc. So this terrible, horrible person-eating monster the people in this village had given their children to, to be eaten. He's scared of red drawers. Today, the red doors and the story of Lao Tzu riding the dragon in his underwear have become a celebration of fireworks and red clothing and masks for the children. It's celebrated around the world in every place where there's a strong Chinese population. As you use, we can understand this holiday as a cultural celebration. We can even take part. Um, Chinese are very clear that everyone is welcome to enjoy Chinese New Year. Chicago, San Francisco, New York, Milwaukee all have massive celebrations. But whenever I think about this, I'm great with celebrating the cultural piece. But whenever I hear about the neon, I remember David and his grizzly bears. And remember, you can't feed them or they'll never go away. And it makes me think that each of us has a dragon or six in our lives. Fears that show up at intervals, our own personal monsters, the monsters we feed. Fear of abandonment, of loss, insecurity. Our fears are as absolutely different as we are. They're financial and social. Trust, lust, embarrassment, addiction, weight loss, weight gain. Jobs, kids, friends, enemies, you name it, we've got it somewhere in this room. Some of our nions are tiny. They're little bitty lizards. You see them running everywhere here in Florida. Some of our fears are that small. 
They're little lizards of self-doubt, worms of worry. Some of them are dragon-sized. And what a great time of the year to take them out and look at them and to ask yourself, what monsters am I feeding? Where are the places in my life where I knock myself down, tear myself up, believe at least a little that I'm not worth the joy in life? Where are the places where I send my newest ideas and freshest thoughts out to die to protect my old habits? How many times have you told yourself, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. I won't be any good at that. I better not do it that way. Because I've always done it this way, and at least I've managed to make it through. Surely I'm not good enough to do it this other way. I'm not an artist, a singer, a poet, a dancer. I'm not brave enough to serve over here or serve over there. Surely I'll mess it up. Remember that time I messed it up in fourth grade? (laughs) You ever do that to yourself? What am I feeding my fears? And when you've asked yourself that, what am I feeding them? What are my worms? What are my dragons? What am I feeding them? The big important question is, what are my red underwear? Where are they? Where are my red underwear that I'm going to put on and scare that dragon? What simple things do I have underneath to help me fight my self-doubt? To help me not kill my dragon, but to ride it? What is my fear afraid of? You know, it's funny for me, I'm a Taurus, I'm an ENTJ, I'm an oldest born, I'm afraid of making a terrible mistake, being embarrassed because you screw up. So I always got around it by asking everybody around me what should I do and then blaming them when it went wrong. (laughs) But I'll tell you, when I was trying to decide if I should go to seminary, I tried to feed my own dragon one time too many. I ask everybody around me, should I do this? You think I had, is this a dumb idea? Tell me what to do, I said. And they said, no. They didn't make a joke or pretend not to get it. The people I loved the most said, you have to do this for yourself. You can make the decision and we'll support you no matter what, but you have to decide. And I I cried. I yelled, I blamed them. You're not being supportive. And then I found my red underwear. I realized that people who loved me would always be there, even if I fell flat on my face. And I grabbed my little dream of being a minister away from my dragon before it could eat it. I could not be a hero, killing my dragon, slaying my fear, but I could be the clown in the red underwear. I could do that. I could get on top of that fear and hang on for dear life. And I am so sorry for that mental image. (laughs) This sermon's going to stick with you, admit it. You don't have to be the hero. You don't have to be the one getting up there with a stick and beating something to death. You just have to be the clown in the red underwear. You have to ride your fears. 
And Chinese New Year is a good time to do that mindful assessment. Because loving yourself is important. And I've had more than one person tell me the really important part was loving other people. And I agree, you have to love your neighbor. Some people say that that's the real goal, that all the pain comes from not doing that. It's not that we're unable to love our neighbor as ourselves, though. All the pain comes because we are able. We love our neighbors exactly as much as we love ourselves. If I find myself ugly, how can I see beauty without being jealous? If I secretly believe that people are only nice to me because it's necessary or convenient or beneficial, then I have to think that everyone else is shallow. If I'm only loved because, then I'm saying that others only love because. You can only love as deeply as you are willing to be loved. If I love you and you believe you're unlovable, then you have to believe that either I'm lying or deluded. As Dan Pierce said, the directive should probably be love yourself and then love your neighbor, or better yet, just love yourself. Celebrate yourself this year. You're not perfect, but you're perfect enough in an imperfect world. Trust yourself. Learn that others are trustworthy. Believe in yourself. Learn to have faith in humanity. Look in a mirror and see that the world must be a beautiful place because you are beautiful. Love yourself and love your neighbor. Ride your dragon. Wear your red underwear. Amen.